There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Benched with Bubba, episode 45. The Open Championship, or as many diehard golf fans know as the British Open, preview with none other than my usual golf guest, the very knowledgeable Jesse. You can find him on Twitter, at DFSGolfGuys. Jesse, how are we doing tonight? Doing well, Bubba. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me again. Excited about another major championship coming up. Always, always. It's uh, it's fun to talk golf more and more on these. I, I've said it many times. I love talking golf, so it's always fun having you on and just going back and forth on some things. Uh, before we get into the Open, I'm just going to preface now. I'm going to call it the British Open all podcast probably because that's what it is for me. <laughs> but uh, one of my favorite majors, we'll get to that in a second. Recently, since we last talked at the U.S. Open when Brooks Kafka came through with a big win, it's been pretty crazy on the uh, the tour of the Travelers Championship. You had Spieth with the walk-off on the playoffs, which is insane. You had Kyle Stanley at the Quicken Loans, Shoffley at the Greenbrier. And last weekend, everyone's favorite, especially in the DFS world, Bryson DeChambeau at the John Deere. What what are your kind of takeaways and thoughts of the last month or so? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been fun to watch golf. Um, you know, it, it, not, not, not often do you get walk-offs like uh, what Jordan had there. Um, at the Travelers. And then, of course, <clears throat> Kyle Stanley kind of comes out of nowhere um, at the Quicken Loans. I've been on him several times this year, was not on him there because I consider it more of an accuracy course. I don't consider him necessarily the most accurate guy, um, but he wins that. And, and that golf tournament, if you remember, which is just a couple weeks ago, but seems like forever ago now, it was kind of the U.S. Open of this year where all those guys were getting, you know, completely uh, – uh, hammered with the golf course conditions um, playing more like a U.S. Open than a just typical PGA Tour event. Uh, and then, of course, the great bounce back in, in West Virginia at the Greenbrier Classic, you know, got flooded out, canceled a year ago. They brought that golf course back. It looked great. Um, it played it played great, too. And uh, an up-and-comer who we've mentioned several, several times, uh, you know, Xander Schauffele gets, gets the win there. Now I don't even want to talk about John Deere. So if you want to talk about that, you can go ahead. <laughs> no, I don't want to either. What I, what I did kind of want to talk about in this recent, you know, month or so, especially the last two weeks, really stick out in my mind. Um, I agree that Stanley thing. Well, first off, Spieth, that was amazing. Love or hate him, that was awesome. And it was yeah. fun to see the excitement between him and his caddy. Things that the youth of golf, which we've talked about so many times on our podcast, 
it, you could see it just come out in that moment. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, Stanley, like you said, that's a guy I know in our chats, we talk about him a lot. That's a guy he's in your write-ups a lot, super talented. I like, I actually like him for this weekend. We'll talk about that. I think he's a really, really good young golfer. Um, but yeah, the last two weeks, just from a DFS standpoint, have been some of the most frustrating weeks ever because you wouldn't say the fields were loaded by any means. No. And they still were like ridiculously hard to get. The percentages of our good buddy DFS, uh, the, the cuts man, Mr. Attic, his, uh, the six of six percentages were just embarrassing. Five yeah. of sixes weren't much better. This past Sunday, you had to have an MDF on Saturday. It was a mess, just an absolute yeah. mess. Yeah. So last, this past week, I, I was gone for a lot of it. And so I didn't pay a whole lot of attention. But, you know, I don't know. Anytime Bryson DeChambeau wins, I'm just not that interested to begin with. But, um, yeah, the, it's been cut carnage. And, uh, you know, a lot of that has to do with how DK prices the golfers, but also, too, just, you know, weird things happening, man. But, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's been fun to watch golf, though. Young guys coming up. And then, of course, you know, speed, like we just talked about. Yeah, and it's been a lot of fun. And you got to expect it for a lot of these guys. It's, you know, we're in the middle of the year. We're actually in the freaking July now. These guys are tired. A lot of these guys have been grinding, grinding, grinding. You know, a lot of these younger guys that we're seeing, they not they weren't necessarily in, like, the majors at the Open. They weren't – they don't get to come to every event. They, they have to have special exemptions sometimes, like – so it's not, I'm not saying like DeChambeau and stuff, but a lot of these guys aren't your regulars that are there every week. So they're, they're fresh or more fresh. Right. Well, you look at uh, Gary Lee last week, he, he withdrew. I'm not sure. I guess he got injured at some point or I'm not really sure what happened with his WD. Like I said, I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention, but he played like three or four straight weeks and it's a grind, man. It's a grind. Oh yeah. Cause like anybody that plays golf, like you had your big tournament this past week and all the, the rounds you had to play. Heck anybody that just plays like one round after 18 holes, you're sitting there going, okay, I'm good for like a week. Yeah. These guys Especially are going 90, one. 90 degree heat with, you know, 90% humidity, man, it wears you down. And that mental aspect is just unreal. People don't understand what's going on out there, but um, that's a whole nother situation. One thing that was this past weekend and I forget the guy's name. It's killing me now. The uh, the Euro Tour had a great tournament, basically, basically mm-hmm. a preview for the British Open. And um, DK, um, as you can say, screwed up. Oh, that's the nicest way I can put this. It wasn't their fault, I guess, just because they're not used to filling big Euro events. But if they kind of had the hindsight of the field in play, they could have had a big weekend. Um, I'm not going to bomb on them like others did. I kind of see both sides of the story. But uh, it was cool. Like I said, I forget the guy's name. He came out with that single entry, $109 entry deal. And that was a blast. That was fun. Not just because we all made money in our little crew. But uh, it was like you were on the board. I was on the board. It was just all over the place. It was great. But um, I'd like to see that more often, at least in the events with the big fields, because it was an awesome field, a great preview for this week. It was really, really good stuff. I agree. You're thinking about Rafa. I think Rafa Cabrera-Bello. No, he was the winner. I'm talking about the guy on Twitter that set up the event. Drewby. Drewby. His name was – I could picture his avatar and everything. I just couldn't think of his name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was was also a great golf tournament last week. You know, it's something that we we failed to mention there. But, um, you know, a great preview. Like you said, DK kind of dropped the ball on it. They end up filling two GPPs of the same exact size. so whatever. I mean, but they also, you know, there's a, a guy on Twitter who 
who basically said, I'll, I'll add a thousand dollars to that contest. And I don't know if he did or not, but that's pretty cool. So, um, yeah, that was, that was a fun was, contest. It was cool. And I know I, I've been talking to you a lot more lately about the Euro tour and I'm getting into that. Uh, it's an untapped resource. It reminds me a lot of when PGA first started on DraftKings, when it was I'm not saying ever that DFS is easy by any means, but it's just not as watered down and not as packed. It's like, you get a lot more of what you need to get. I think I know it doesn't make any sense what I've said, but no, no, it, it makes a, perfect sense to me. And the, the issue with it is, is they don't, you know, in the Euro Tour, you don't have the stats like you do at the PGA Tour, so it's harder to break down and dig into as much as the PGA Tour. And I think that's also why it hasn't grown um, like maybe it potentially could have. And that's the European Tour's fault versus DraftKings' yeah. fault or whatever. I'm surprised they don't track stats like the PGA Tour does really surprising me. And with, with all the commotion last week, and we'll, we'll wrap this up here soon and get to the important stuff for everybody. But um, I did notice some rumblings from all of that, that the Euro tour is trying to slowly implement things to help with the stats, to help with these things. Cause I think they're seeing the impact it's having bring in a whole new audience in the U S like there are a ton of people you see it. I see it that would not care at all about the PGA tour. And oh, yeah. it, it's a huge market that these guys are missing out on. And if anything, the players, I think, are going to speak up because, you know, you got like the Rory's and everything of the world, but even, you know, your U-lines and all those other guys that come over, they come back and forth. They play both areas and they see what it is here and they go back and go, wait a minute, we could be really doing something here, people. And it helps them. It helps the Euro Tour. It helps them all. Well, it's, you know, golf is super popular anyways in, in, in Europe. And even though they only play like half a season and actually the continent of Europe, it's still popular all over the world too. It's just, you know, they can do things to grow the game better, which hopefully they will. Hopefully they will for sure. You know? Yeah. The last thing I'll say, the one thing they could do a lot better is get an app or something with live better score updates. That would be a start. But um, what the, the, the reason I'm leading in with that is like most majors, the open app is outstanding. So people yep. down, download that for your yep. up to date stuff this week. That's what I wanted to lead in with that is like the U S open, the masters it's phenomenal. Yep. All right. Let's get into the open championship, the British open. It is at Royal Burkdale this year. It's one of the 10 courses on rotation or somewhat of a rotation in uh, the majors for the British open. It's hosted it, I believe nine times or 10 times. Jesse, take us away with some past history of Royal Birkdale in the Open. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, just basic information about Royal Birkdale. It's in Southport, England, which, you know, if you're trying to find the weather there, that's where I would search to find the weather, which is right on the coast um, of kind of north-central, uh, I guess it's the United Kingdom. Um, anyways, England, whatever, it's – it's right there on the coast. So weather is going to be, and always has been a, a huge factor there, but past, you know, British open history um, here, it's been played, uh, I think seven or eight times, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times. Sorry. Nine times. Last time was in 2008. Uh, your winner was Padraig Carrington. He shot plus three. I think the cut was plus nine that year. Um, so, I was just reading uh, that, uh, you know, the course had gone undergone some renovations around that time. Um, and, and one of the things that 
you know, I, I read was that they took away a bunch of trees, which makes the wind um, more of a factor there. So anyways, that was, uh, that was 2008 Padre Carrington before that 1998 Marco Mira. And of course it returns here in 2007 and there's a bunch, you know, more, which really don't matter all that much, but previous, you know, last year you had Hendrick Stenson uh, winning two years ago, Zach Johnson uh, won in a playoff. Um, Rory, previous to that, Phil, Ernie, uh, Darren Clark, Louis Ustazen, Stuart Sink. So a lot of big names end up emerging at the Open Championship um, almost every year. Uh, notable names, guys you'll know and you'll see will be up on top of the leaderboard just about every year. Now, it's a weird year, so who knows? Yeah, it's been an extremely weird year, which you kind of already started out with. But uh, one thing we were talking about is, as you could say, one of the headlines on an article I was reading is the cream rises. Like you said, the winners at Burkdale. Now, given some of that might have been before the renovation, so who knows. But um, unlike, I think it's nine or ten straight majors now, it's been first-time major winners. This might play differently, might not. We'll get into that with the picks. But um, it's very something definitely to keep an eye on. I saw an interesting headline that the last two events at Burkdale, not opens overall, but the last two opens at Burkdale, an amateur has finished in the top five. That's something to keep in mind. It's interesting. And um, it just it, it plays totally different, they say. We can get into the course preview, but um, it plays way different. Uh, do you want to kick us off with some course preview? Yeah. So, like I said, Southport, England, go ahead and just drill that into your mind. Um, because – you know, just as well as I do, Bubba, every year weather is a huge factor when you play uh, – when, when, when they play the Open Championship. Um, so, Royal Burkdale itself was, was founded in 1889. It's just amazing to me that golf courses have been around that long. Um, but 1889 is when it was founded. It's, it's going to play a par 70, around 7,100-ish yards. They'll – move the tees up back around. So it's going to be right around there every um, day, 12 par fours, four par threes. And the two par fives uh, are actually on the back side. So 15 and 17 of the par fives. Um, and I think that's pretty notable just for DFS scoring purposes. Um, and also coming down the stretch, you know, if a guy's behind, you know, he's going to attack the par fives there coming down, uh, you know, toward the, the clubhouse. Uh, the first one, 15, plays about 542 yards. The second one, 17, plays about 567 yards. Um, so, you know, that's those are both, for PGA Tour standards, for today's golf standards, pretty gettable par fives. Um, so I think we'll see some eagles there. And, of course, it'll depend on wind direction and that kind of thing is exactly how long they do play. Um, but then, of course, Weather, man. I mean, I don't know if you'll you'll get sick and tired of hearing about weather this week. Yeah, weather is going to be the main um, opponent to the players, it seems like. But um, it's true. You can't ignore it. We saw it even last week in in the Euro tournament, the Scottish Open. It started just raining like crazy one day. Then I got windy. It's just that's what you get in these events. It's crazy. Um, I've listened to something that's previewed this week's weather. It has changed. So you really don't know probably until that morning. Like two days ago, it was, oh, if you played the morning and the late, you're probably good to go. Then uh, it's going to be about even the whole time. Now it's like barely going to be windy, but good chances of rain. It's all over the board. <laughs> you just don't know what you're going to get. 
Right. Well, it's one of those things um, where you, you might, you know, wait until Wednesday to actually finalize yeah. all your lineups um, before you go to bed or if you stay up till one thirty whenever the thing kicks off um, because it's there's going to be some kind of bias now. Now, is, is that bias going to be good or bad? Is it going to affect everybody? You know, it, 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 who knows? And that's the thing with the weather. And this is very, very unpredictable every year. Um, and it, it, it's kind of a pain to follow it, stay on top of it. Um, but it is, a, it is a factor. I think the biggest thing is, is the wind. And right now I'm seeing kind of just even winds, yeah. you know, kind of across the board as of today. Like you said, you better check it every day. <laughs> it is going to be a pain. But you know, as far as the actual golf course itself goes, um, you know, it's got your typical pot bunkers on in the fairway um, that guys are going to want to avoid. Um, I've heard that the, the, the greens can be relatively difficult, um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's still slower because they can't, you know, cut the greens down like they do here in America. So it kind of evens out as far as that goes. Um, but, you know, we're going to see a lot of bunker shots and a lot of guys uh, hitting out of some uh, long, tall grass as a normal – Links golf course would uh, would would do. Yeah, this is going to likely play what they wished Aaron Hills played like, but um, fairways much much tighter than Aaron Hills for people that it's yeah. probably their closest remembrance to Links golf. Way tighter. It's got the thick thick rough. It's like a fescue something else combo. It's one of those if you um, as much as you might hate Johnny Miller, he has had success here, so he was oh, talking. He was talking about um, if you get into this stuff, you're not hitting out of it. You're probably punching it back into the fairway. You're not scrambling if you get into trouble. So like, we'll get into the stats you're looking for, but you need to be precise here. It's not necessarily a bomber's course. Um, and these bunkers, for people that play golf, these aren't your normal fairway bunkers that you can hit even a decent you know, hybrid out of if you have a good lie. This is um, pot bunkers where you're probably going to hit it backwards to get back into the fairway. Right. Um, you get in the wrong spot. So – yeah, it's likely at least a one-shot penalty, if not two, if you find one of these bunkers. And like you're saying on the, the par fives, I'm reading right here, the 15th, the last 150 yards into the green has 11 fairway bunkers. 11. So precision will be important. Um, they're also telling you for those that like to sweat like most of us do, even off you know the second hole on a Thursday, um, scoring's relatively easier on the first five holes then the ninth is relatively easy, and then it, the rest is just grind, grind, grind. So don't be, you know, freaking out if something goes wrong, you know, seven through, like six through eight or something. And it's – even par is a good score. Just put it that right. way. Right. Like I, was, I heard someone say it best. This isn't the uh, – you're not looking for birdie streaks. You're not looking for any of that. You're just looking for guys to make the cut. That's yeah. what you're looking for right now. I'm with you so, on that. It might be one of the lower scoring tournaments you'll ever have on DraftKings, but it will pay off. Um, let's get in. I kind of beat around the bush there. What are the key stats you're looking for at Burkdale? Um, I'm, I'm going this week more accuracy than anything else. Uh, a lot of times I'll wait driving distance, um, which I have not this week. Cause I think the golf course itself isn't overly long to begin with, but also with, you know, I mean the wind could, be a factor where it kind of takes away driving distance. Cause if you got the wind at your back, you know, it helps obviously if you're going into it, you need it, but you know, that's so hard to, 
to judge and prepare for. So I just want people who can, I want golfers who can hit it where they want to hit it. So I'm looking more at accuracy, um, greens and regulation. The guys who just hit a lot, a lot, a lot of greens. Um, you mentioned it a minute ago, but scramblers, um, because the, I'm sh- it, it's always important to be able to chip and, and putt and get up and down and get out of trouble in an open uh, championship. Um, something that's hard to wait but is, is important to factor in, I think, is wind players, um, guys who are used to either playing in the wind um, who are, or who traditionally do play better uh, when it is windy. And then with all the par fours, 12 par fours, you know, par four scoring, I think is something that, uh, that, that deserves a look as well. So those are my four kind of five main things there. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Uh, I don't even care if they can hit a driver. Like a guy will talk about Stenson with his three woods outstanding, just basically fairways and the tee to green type stuff. And I think like short game around the green is going to be real big because if it's windy, getting it to sit on the green or get it to where you want is going to be tough. A lot of chipping up close and putting for par stuff is going to be very important. Right, I agree. Well, then there we go. Let's get into the DFS talk, what everybody's most likely listening to this podcast for. Um, when it comes to the majors, DK definitely does it up nicely. They have some really, really nice tournaments. They have the $4.20 max where the max prize is 50 k Sorry, DJ and Mike, do it again this week. You'll make 40 k more. Um, you got the, the, the Dome, the club. The 333, there's a ton of very, very nice tournaments. Which ones are you kind of eyeing as the, the best ones to enter? Uh, you know, I've got I, – I just had noted the 333, like you talked about. It's 100000 the first this week. Decent price structure on it with 50, 30, 20, 15, 10 on down to six there, um, which I, I think is the way it kind of should be done instead of the way that the Millie is price structured again, which is just overall trash again. I'd say I'm not going to play it, but a million down to 150,000 is pretty ridiculous. Um, and then also, you already you already mentioned it, but the four dollar twenty max. I think it's a great tournament. Um, it's actually thirty thousand up top. No, oh, sorry. No. <clears throat> either way, either way, it's you know it's worth throwing eighty bucks at. I mean, you know, it's not like you're having to max enter it. For, you know, for eight hundred dollars, you're looking at eighty dollars there. So I I think that's a, a a good place to grab a core of four or five guys and then just, you know, throw in a bunch of different other golfers. Um, that's how I usually approach it. And if that four or five, you know, three, four or five hits, you're in very, very good shape as far as that goes. Um, and then there's also the big $20, three entry max. I love that one every week, playing it every week. And then the rest of the like single entries are pretty massive as well. I know you play in the albatross quite often. It's seven thousand versus I think it's around three three thousand usually. So a lot of big ones there. And then of course, if you've got to do it, you know I would throw one at the Thunderdome, hundred fifty thousand the first with only one hundred seventy entries. <clears throat> it's pretty good there if you've got the money, which most people don't. But yeah, if you, got, if you got the money. That's a great <laughs> one. I was looking at it for only one hundred seventy entries. It's a little over twenty six percent get paid, which for a GPP, that's pretty good. Like people that don't oh, look yeah. at, I look when I do my baseball tournaments, golf, any tournament I get in, I always look and see like there's certain days where the same tournament you play every day, all of a sudden now they're only paying out like 19.8%. And then that's when I go, I think I'm going to take this day off. It's just not, you know, it's not saying I can't, 
cash in it, but let's be real about things too. It's just, come on. So uh, yeah, I love the Albatross. I love the, the, the $20 three max. I play those every week and then I'm going to max enter the $4 for sure. That's very, very appealing to me. Lots of good stuff to like uh, this week. DK did it well for the majors because yeah. as you'll, as we'll see with the pricing, they made it just for all the, um, I don't want to sound rude here, the amateurs to come out and play, the guys that don't play all the time. This is for them. By no means am I a pro. I'm just saying these are the guys that don't come out a lot. The pricing, it's there for everybody to enjoy. It's yeah. definitely just know the names, basically. Um, and let's get let's get into it. Let's start at the top of the board. I have to reload things. We have two, four, six, seven guys over 10,000. DJ, Spieth, Rom, McElroy, Garcia, Rose, and Day. What are we looking at up top? Um, you know, this is the typically the region where, I don't know, like everybody who you picture to be the favorite here, but this is it's really weird this, this year because um, I don't think there's like a clear-cut favorite, like the best – golfers in the world, the top five or six golfers in the world who are normally priced in this range aren't necessarily playing the best golf in the world. If you look at DJ, for example, he's missed the last two cuts that he's played in um, at the U.S. Open and the Memorial before that, has not played in a golf tournament since the U.S. Open. So where is his game at? I have no idea. Uh, Maybe he's been practicing super hard and his game is super sharp and he's going to come out and, and smoke everybody. So this is a just a really really weird price range for me. Um, my favorite above ten thousand, the guy I'll probably have more than anybody else is Sergio Garcia, uh, just because. And, and and that might be super popular pick. I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things where I'll be eyeing those fan share tags very closely. But his last time out, um, a little over three weeks ago, he finished second BMW International, um, and has just been basically top twenty and top thirty and. Um, ever since he won the Masters, <clears throat> he's really good, really good form, and it just seems like a maybe a, a Sergio type of year um, where there's you know where he kind of comes out and he's got the mindset now of a major winner and, and that kind of thing. And the other, other the, my next favorite would probably be um, Jordan Spieth. Uh, he's just he's got pretty good history, you know at at uh, um, at the Open Championship, and it's he's one of those golfers who, when you least expect it, you know he's going to kind of be there. He's been thirtieth, fourth, thirty sixth, and forty fourth the last four Open Championships that he's played in. So he hasn't missed a cut, um, and he also hasn't won a major in a little while. So it'll be his chance. But as far as the other guys, I don't, know, I don't have a whole lot of interest. I guess Rom would potentially be the next one. Um, and I'll probably get some exposure to Rom and, and Dustin Johnson. Uh, but I don't really have anything for Jason Day. I have nothing for Rory after two straight missed cuts. I'll let everybody and their mom who wants to roster him, roster him. But I, I refuse to do it. Typically I would, but he's just – I don't know where his head's at. And then Rose, you know, he's one of those guys who just always – I don't know. He could he could come out and win. I mean, he very well could. So I'll probably have him in a few lineups. But um, you know, he's he's been just weird recently. Um, he's got some good high finishes, but he's also missed cut at the U.S. Open and missed the cut the player or sixty fifth at the player. So it's kind of up and down year for him. 
Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm definitely I'm on board. Sergio was my uh, U.S. Open guy, as we talked about. Yep. And uh, one thing with the U.S. Open that uh, we talked about is a lot of Euro guys, and I'm gonna you're gonna hear that a lot from me again on this because there is truth to Lynx Golf. This is what they do. This is <laughs> they know this better than most. But um, I love Sergio. He's his past history at the Open ha- is outstanding. I think he's made every cut except maybe one or all of them. He's a contender every time he's in this. He's 10 of 10 on cuts this year. There's a lot to like with Sergio. Um, then I'm looking at guys like Spieth. They, one of the things I was reading for the course preview stuff, they literally called this a Spieth-y course. That's what they called it <laughs> because it's all about precise shots. You don't have to bomb it. Um, if his putter's working, he – he looks like the best player in the world again. And we kind of saw that a little bit at the Travelers. That's his biggest thing is his putter's been way off this year. It hasn't really been as getting to the green. It's Putting's been a mess. Yeah. Um, if he can putt, there's no reason he can't contend come Sunday. Yeah. So I'll be building – a. and honestly, I'm going to build a lot of lines without any of these guys because there's so much value to be made. But if I'm paying up top, it's uh, Sergio for me, then Spieth – and I'm looking at Rose just because he does play pretty good at these kind of courses. Not great like these other guys, but I, I'm not touching McElroy. I'm not touching – I can't say I won't play DJ. If I play 20 lineups, I'll probably have him in at least one or two. You've got to have a little DJ exposure, I think. Just but, because yeah. he's been off and he's going to be lower owned. And that's that's another important factor is like he's not yeah. coming in hot like he was at the Masters. He's not – you know, he's not been lighting the world on fire. Um and he very well could have figured something out since he's not played since the U.S. Open. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Rory, if, if he wins, more power to whoever plays him. He is such a mental case and just looks so bad right now. I can't touch him. Uh, Jason Day, I love the guy. He's not as bad as Rory, but he's kind of messed up too right now. Not for that price tag. And then John Rom, the guy just won in Ireland, super talented. But if he starts getting in the rough early, his round is he's done. He's, he just can't handle that mentally. So yeah, I, 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 I agree with that on Rom too. I think his, I think that will also drive his since he just won two weeks ago. I think that will drive up his ownership to where it's enough for me to just not play him and fade him. And so I agree with all everything you just said. Yeah, but I, but but that's the thing with these guys over 10k. They're all the best of the best in theory. That's why they're priced here. So if any of them won, would you be surprised? No. But if no. I'm going go to, if I'm going to go to battle with them, I'm going Sergio speed Rose are my top three there. And then DJ is definitely like a three B to Rose's three a, but that's where I'd be yeah. looking up top. Let's get into the nine K range, which is very smaller. Five guys. We'll go. We got Tommy Fleetwood, who everybody is in love with. He's the guy of England. As someone said it today, he's a tiger woods of English golf. Um, Henrik Stenson, Matsuyama, Fowler, and Kafka. I think Fowler is going to be ridiculously high-owned, which I can't blame anybody, but where are you going in this 9K range? No, uh, I I love Tommy Fleetwood, um, and he's like the he's – the, he's the top of my model. The way I modeled this this week, he's the number one player in my model. Um, and like you said, he's, he's super popular now. Everybody knows the name. He played really well at the U.S. Open, so – I don't know what I'm going to do with him just yet. Um, another thing you didn't mention was he's Andrew Kirst. Um, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a pick of Andrew Kirst. Uh, if you don't know what that is, you might want to 
get up on your DFS there. But anyways, so, you know, with Fleetwood, I can't, I don't think I can completely fade him, but I I just really don't know where he's going to be ownership wise. Um, Like you said, I think Ricky's going to be super popular. Brooks is also high up on my model, but he hasn't played since the U S open. And can he really four whole days without getting a big number? Um, you know, he benefited really, really he, – he benefited a lot from the wide openness of Aaron Hills, and this is not that. So, you know, can he keep it up is is a is my kind of question. But um, I think Hideki would be a great GPP play. And I think Stinson's a great GPP play uh, because they're going to be kind of in that middle range there where people are going to be going Tommy or, or Ricky and forgetting about those two. So I think those would be – I think they'll be on the lower end of the spectrum as far as ownership in this range. And that's, that's a great point. Um, I absolutely love Henrik Stenson this week. That's a guy I'm looking at, A, because ownership like you're talking about. B, I think a lot of people might still be sour about the way he treated us early in the year. But as of late, as of late, he's played really, really well. And a lot of that's been back in Europe. He's kind of finding his stroke again, getting ready. Stenson looks like someone worth keeping an eye on. I love Ricky. I'm not going to ignore him at all. He's playing amazing golf right now, probably the best of his career. So it would not surprise me. You know, you got Fowler and Matsuyama there, two guys that could be added to the list of first-time major winners this week. Very possible. So um, Stenson and Fowler are big for me. Kopka scares me. Brooks does just because he's super talented, but I hate the fact he hasn't played since the U.S. Open. I'm I'm all for guys getting time off. We talked about the grind, but I'd also like to see him play a little more. Just like yeah. once, maybe that worries me. Not, I mean, obviously, you know, he's playing and practicing, but you know, it, it just worries me a bit in a tournament of this magnitude to come back like this. I would really have liked to see him go to the either uh, the Irish or the you know, the Scottish last last week, one of those two, and just seen him do something and see before I would, you know, but then again, of course, everybody else would have seen what he did too. So He's going to be kind of a gamble, I think, in this group because you really kind of know what you're getting with the rest of the guys, and uh, and Brooks could be the, you know, could pay off again. But I don't know. I just I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to go with him because he's hopping my model as well. But it's because he just completely killed Aaron Hills. Yeah. All right. Let's take a look at the 8K range. About eight or nine guys here. You got Phil, Adam Scott, who's very sneaky and loves the British Open. Thomas Peters, Louis Oosthuizen, who's having a sneaky, quietly good year. Justin Thomas, Paul Casey, our guy Paul Casey there, Jesse. Tyrell Hatton <laughs> and Brendan Grace. All all but uh, JT and Phil are Euros, and most of these guys play really well in these conditions and on Lynx courses. Where are you looking? You can do all kinds of things in this 8K range. What are you kind of focusing yeah. on here? Um, I'll be heavy. I'll be heavy Paul Casey uh, again. You know, this – this the the link style kind of tends to eliminate the terrible putting, which is always uh, Casey's downfall, or is typically Casey's downfall. Um, he can't putt very well. He's got the he's got a world class tee to green tee to green game. Um, so I'll be all over him again this week. Um, I like Louis Ustazen. He's um, one of those guys who tends to show up in the in the uh, in the big events and kind of when you least expect them. Um, so I'm kind of hoping that his uh, tags are down and that there's not a whole lot of talk about him this week. 
And then, of course, um, like you mentioned, Adam Scott, he's – I don't know what – man, I just – I can never figure out Adam Scott. You know, he'll he'll go in stretches where he's playing really great, and then he missed the cut at the U.S. Open. Um, but then he turned around and, and finished 35th at the Scottish Open, which is not spectacular. So I'm going to have to do a little bit more digging on Adam Scott, um, but he could be uh, – a, a good play in smaller tournaments. We'll just put it that way. Um, I think Phil will be a lot more popular than he should be just because he finished second here last year. Um, he's been very, very inaccurate this year, and he's been able to bail himself out because he's a great scrambler, um, which obviously is good. But, you know, how how much can he hit it in the pot bunkers? How much can he hit it into the – you know, tall, fescue, rough, and uh, and be able to scramble his way out of it. So I'll be less than the field on Phil Mickelson, if at all, if I have any. Yeah, I, it, Mickelson kind of falls in that McElroy category to me. I really doubt I'll have any shares of him at all. Like, you hit it on the head. He's been scrambling like crazy. Sure, he's made every cut this year. But out of 14 tournaments, Phil has two top tens, like, He's made 14 cuts. You'd think a guy of Phil's stature could do a little more than that. Um, but it, it's it's ugly the way he plays. Like, he gets it done, but it's – talk about tilting. Um, Adam Scott, like you said, it wasn't the best finishes. He burned a lot of us at the U.S. Open. I just have a weird gut feeling, if you want to put it that way, about this week with him. I love Usti and Casey, of course, is great. And – Brandon Grace could be sneaky. This course sets up great for him. I loved him at the open, but it was so wide open with no wind, it kind of he got put away. If it gets windy like we're thinking, this could play into Grace's uh, game plan a little more. So, yeah, my Euros, my Euros coming into play yet again. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't mind necessarily Brandon Grace. Um, he, he just doesn't have great history at the Open Championship: seventy second, twentieth, thirty sixth, sixty fourth, seventy seventh the last five years. So it's not like anything outstanding. And for that price, you know, you got to get that guy to go inside the top 20 for sure. So can he get there? I don't know. His form coming in isn't overly bad. Um, he did make the cut the U S open finished 15th last week at the Scottish or yeah, last week at the Scottish open. So you know, he could be a sneaky GPP type of guy. Um, I don't know that I'll have any at all. And in Hatton, I didn't mention, I love Tyrell Haddon as a golfer, but five straight missed cuts at 8,000. I'll say no. Now, I did the same thing with, with Fleetwood at the U.S. Open. He finished fifth, so you take that for what it was worth. Or he finished whatever he finished at the U.S. Open. <laughs> I love he finished whatever he finished. Let's see, fourth. He finished fourth. I said full fade on Fleetwood, and he finished fourth. So I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. I, I'll just have – I'll have no Hatton. Hatton's so frustrating, so incredibly I frustrating. So I, I feel you there. I, he's so talented and just seems to never show up when it matters. Um, right. We'll get into the 7K range. I'm not going to read them all off. There's like 23 guys from 7,900 out of 7K. Some very, very good, very sneaky players. Some kind of back in my Rory McIlroy category. I don't want anything to do with you. What are some of the ones that you're looking at a little more than others here? Going down the list, uh, Leishman. Um, 
heard from a little bird that he's a great wind player. Uh, you know, that's not information for me. That's information for somebody else. But he just fits the mold kind of of the the, the typical wind uh, guy, I guess. And so I'll have quite a bit of Mark Leishman. I've actually made like three teams, and they all three have Mark Leishman on it. Um, if I'll be 100%, but I, I really, really like Leishman. He's got really good form coming in um, with a fifth – at the at the quick end, seventeenth, twenty seventh at the U.S. Open. So he's he's got the form. I think that seventy hundred dollar price tag is really, 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 really low. Um, Lee Westwood always tends to find himself in the mix. Um, goes back to kind of the guys who can't putt. He's not a very good good putter, but it could just be one of those years where he comes out of nowhere and you know top tens. Um, so I think getting a little exposure to him is good. I, I one of my theories on this next guy, Bern Weisberger, is that he's going to go underowned compared to what he was last week. So last week he was fifty percent owned in that hundred nine dollar contest that we played in, and I think he was just about that in the thirty three dollar contest. He's always so popular in the European contest. Well, coming into this, he finished fifty first last week. Nothing extraordinary. He barely made the cut. He had to shoot 69, which was only round under 70 in the second round to even make the cut. Then had a blah weekend. <clears throat> so people are going to kind of overlook him. I think that usually that, – that don't know the name, number one, and then people who usually play him might go, well, he didn't play that great last week, so they may pass as well. So I think he's in a really good spot at 6,700 here. You know, I'll probably have quite a bit. Um, and then – Kuchar is another guy who I've looked at quite a bit this week, and he's really popping um, here recently with uh, some high finishes, a fourth at the Scottish Open last week, um, 16th at the U.S. Open, fourth at the Memorial. So some really, really high finishes here recently, and uh, he's just been hitting the ball better and he's one of those guys you consider more accurate. Um, and, and another guy who I think – I hope, anyways, kind of goes overlooked is Andrew Johnston Beef. Um, people know the name, so Willie, I don't know, but he could be a sneaky play. You know, he finished eighth last year at the at the Open Championship, and he's been he's been pretty consistent this year. Uh, a few mixed cuts in there, but could be a sneaky GPP play. I wouldn't play him in cash. Yeah, uh, on board with most of those as well. Uh, one you didn't name that I'm just curious on. Didn't make the cut last weekend at the Scottish Open, but coming into it, Patrick Reed was playing really good. And I think he could be an interesting GPP play. Um, three straight top 20s there. Leishman, I'm all over. If he can putt, he's a lot like speed. If he can putt, he's going to be looking really good come Sunday. Um, Westwood, like you said, he's one of the old guys. Old guys do so well at this tournament because they're not trying to grip it and rip it. They're smart. Right. Uh, they do really well. Westwood always finds his way. I'm not saying he's going to win, but he finds his way into contention, um, or at least on the top of the leader, like top 20 or something. Weisberger, I love. I love that call. The price tag is way too low for his talent level. Um, if you believe in making a missing cuts, he hasn't missed one all year, 16 for 16. A name that is – Yeah, if, 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 a name that might gross people out, and I understand it because the guy's a, an asshole, but uh, Ian Poulter – at 7500 bucks, There aren't many guys playing much better than him right now. He somehow magically um, got his tour card back. But when it comes to this, he, he finished tied for ninth 
uh, at the Scottish Open after he was leading it, I think going into Sunday, if I remember or he was close to the top, maybe going into Saturday. Um, he was doing really, really well. He's just been, you know, not lighting the world on fire, but a top 40 guy, left and right. He's intriguing to me, extremely intriguing to me ever since he got his card back, playing really well, and he plays really well in the Open. Um, another guy that we are we're on a lot, Molinari, Francisco Molinari. Yeah. He just because he's not a bomber, he's a good precise off the tee, tee to green guy. Another guy, if he can putt, he will be towards the top again. That's always been his downfall for us is his putting, Molinari. And then I absolutely love, 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 and would not be. He just can't close, but maybe he closes this weekend. Is Matt Kuchar? That name yeah. is just ringing every bell on the board to me. So yeah, I'm looking at in this range. I'm looking Kuchar, Molinari. Uh, Poulter, Wiesberger, and uh, Leishman for sure. I'll probably look around some more like Lowry's intriguing um, and some other guys, but those are the main ones. Do you have any desire for some Siwoo Kim? No, no, not so. Not so not, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I can't do Siwoo. Uh, but I, I agree with the with your Poulter take there. He's, I mean, he's been playing really solid golf. He was actually in the final group on Sunday this past week and shot 74. So he just kind of. I don't know, whatever, fell apart or whatever. But um, European guy um, playing really good right now. So, and, and another guy we did not mention here is Matthew Fitzpatrick. He's so up and down. He's a GPP only play, but he could he could be that sneaky guy this year that somehow top tens. Um, so you might want to get a little exposure to him as well. But uh, I like I like all those calls you had. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a loaded. It's a really loaded range. I mean, you could just you could make a you could make a lineup out of this range by itself and leave a thousand dollars on the table and potentially have the winner in there. Yeah, but the the, the seven and eight thousand dollar range, I have no problem making lineups with just those guys. Like you can right. easily make some winners. And and one other guy we didn't mention, he's seven thousand. Is Andy Sullivan? His last three tournaments in Europe, the Scottish, Irish, and in the in France. 9th, 20th, and 13th, he's playing really, really well. Um, it's been four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine straight made cuts. Like seven of those are top 20 or betters. Playing really good golf. We know he can get, you know, haywire quickly, but if he's on, he can be a really nice GPP player. Yeah, I agree with that, especially at 7,000. He's a world class uh, ball striker. Um, so if, if, yeah, if, if he can make the cut and then, you know, maybe make a run there on Sunday at 7,000. He's going to pay off pretty easily as soon as he makes the cut. So I, yeah, definitely, man. That's a, that's a good call on him as well. Loaded. So, so many players, there were so many big names, but this is what happens in a major, you know, we're used to seeing guys like Kutra in a $9,000 range. We're used to seeing guys like, you know, um, Leishman in a $9,000 range. So a lot, a lot of value down here for sure. And it gets even better as we come down to the uh, below seven range. Obviously, I'm not going to name them all because you can go forever. Let's stay 6,500 and above for now because that alone is loaded. We'll get to the rest of it. But where are you going with this? There's, like you talk value. There's some sneaky value. I don't think we're going to Ryan Moore after last week. But our, our good buddy Flatbill's back in here. Uh, you got Sneds, who's outstanding in this condition. So many to look at. Where are you targeting um, believe it or not, and this may surprise some people, Steve Stricker. I think he's got the yeah. um, game right now to compete at a 7,100-yard course um, with weather depending, of course. But 
you know, finished fifth at the John Deere, which obviously is traditionally, you know, a, a course that he excels at, but finished 16th at the U.S. Open um, and has not missed a cut since uh, early March. Um, so basically since the Masters on, he's been at least top 40, um, which at 6,900 is really, really great value in my opinion. Kind of goes back to what you were talking about with Lee Westwood as well with the old man deal. You know, just smart your way around the golf course, put the ball in play, keep it in play, um, and then make the putts when you can. Uh, Ross Fisher is another guy I'm looking at, 6,700. Um, he's uh, kind of in that old man category as well. He actually played in the 2008 uh, Open Championship here, finished 39th, um, and at 6,700, that's he was at 9,200 last week at the Scottish Open. So just to give you a little bit of – Price drop there, nine thousand the week before that. So he finished thirty fifth Scottish Open and and seventh at the Open de France. So <clears throat> playing really good golf right now. Really good value on him. Um, Berger, another guy at sixty seven hundred. I think he provides great value. Um, just looking down the list here, man. I mean, this is once again another loaded category. Um, and I could I could see a little Charlie How Charlie. Three sticks, Charles Howe. He actually played this in 2008, missed the cut, uh, but he's been playing really solid golf here more recently too. So, you do that, you know, with with as many guys that are down here, I think you can just about take whoever you want to, and not really worry a whole lot about ownership as much because it's going to be so so spread out. If you want to get the real low owned guys, go with the guys who. Um, like you were talking about, average Joe doesn't know. So somebody like Hitito Tanahara, who plays on the European Tour typically, um, and uh, is kind of a miscut, make the cut, miscut kind of guy. But you know, finished tenth at the Irish Open. That's really good for at sixty seven hundred. So we yeah. can talk about this. we can talk about this all day, man. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's why I didn't want to name him off because it could. But yeah, Stricker, uh, that that little birdie you're talking about mentioned that. Um, if you want to relate this course to a U.S. course, minus the weather, even though you get the weather here once in a while, I've, I've witnessed it firsthand, is Pebble Beach because Pebble's a par 70. It's not super long, but it's challenging. There are some fairway bunkers, all that good stuff. And it's right on the ocean, just like we have here for this tournament. And your boy Stricker this year at the, at the uh, at Pebble, T23. So – Definitely, if you can get a twenty third out of your sixty nine hundred dollar guy, you are all you want's a cut out of these guys. You get twenty right. third, you're happy as can be. Um, right. Other guys, you want like it, it's fun to gamble down here for like the millionaire and stuff like that, even the, the the twenty max. But at the same time, like I mentioned, how hard it's been to get six to sixes. I go a little more cash game mentality when I get down here. Might not be the way everybody looks at it, but like a guy like Snedeker, this. These kind of tournaments, if the weather gets bad, are made for guys like Sneds. He's yep. 68. That's outstanding. Peter Uline is frustrating. He destroyed an amazing lineup for me last weekend uh, by missing the cut. But prior to that, 14th at the Irish, second at the at France. Very talented young golfer. So keep an eye on him. Um, I'm telling everybody right now, I heard a stat that was very impressive. I wouldn't touch Adam Hadwin. Maybe I'm going to give it the Fleetwood curse. But um, Hadwin, not even for golf, apparently, just in life in general, has never crossed the Atlantic Ocean. So this, <laughs> is, this is his first trip to Europe. And 
apparently someone that's never played in Europe has never even like made the cut at the British I was reading. So yeah. And and I I probably jinxed him. He's probably going to be like top 10. I'm just saying, keep an eye out for that one. That could be bad because we love Hadwin. We've talked about him a lot. Yeah. This might not be the time for Adam Hadwin. Um, you got Fina, but I'm not really a Fina guy on this one. You know, Ross Fisher, I think you mentioned him. I love Fisher. He's great on the Euro Tour. I think Kisner could be sneaky on this one. He just – I know he killed us a couple weeks ago, but he played great well, again last weekend. I've already he's, heard his name floated around a bunch. And so I, I, I'm, I'm on the Kisner train. Um, I, I mean, a lot of people think – I think if he, he hits the ball lower and is obviously a great iron player. So I think a lot of people will be on him. So – I'll probably be on the fake train with Kisner, but yeah, I don't blame you. Um, one that I think sneaky because a lot of people talk down on him, but uh, Charlie Hoffman, he T thirty nine three, he was eighth at the U.S. Open. Um, if you go like the players, he was thirtieth. The Masters, he was twenty second. He seems to show up at majors out of nowhere, like so. He's sneaky at sixty seven. I love the Tanahara call. That's someone we've really really looked into but then burger at 67 is way too cheap i think yeah. uh, everyone's going to be flocking to cabrea bello and rightfully so he's in great form he's a guy preseason we talked about and he kind of started out kind of up and down he wasn't really the guy we thought he'd be but the way he looked last weekend was the guy we thought was rafi um so at the same yeah. price i think they're gonna look at him i think burger's great at 67 that price is stupid I mean, yeah. they, I don't know what DraftKings was doing here with a lot of these guys because they should be in the at least 7,000 range. That's yep. just – I mean, that's just crazy. A few more looking down the list here that I was just, um, you know, kind of checking on too that I forgot. And now, of course, they're not there anymore. Like you said, I, I like the Uline call. He could be all over the place, and he's kind of a, a hit-or-miss type of guy. Um, I'm, I'm on Sneds as well, like you said. I think Brendan Steele is another Tita Green guy who um, could be surprising, like he kind of like he was at the U.S. Open. Um, a lot of people could be low on the play there. Could um, be low on the burn so many of us recently. Right, right, right. Kyle Stanley, you said that we were going to talk about him, and I think you know his form coming in is really, really good. And at sixty six hundred, that's it's worth a shot in a GPP. Um, he's a great, great, great tee to green guy. I mean, just it's hard to get any better than him. Um, I mean, dude, this it's just this range. The more I look at it, the more it makes me mad that they did this. <laughs> you could literally take like three of these guys and get three of the guys like I think in ninety five or higher and yeah. be just loaded, loaded. Because some of these guys, you would not be surprised if they top five or better. Yeah, this is. <laughs> I mean, I've, lo- I've looked at I've looked at these players and stuff, and I've I've looked at the. But just looking at it here just kind of makes me even more mad, man. I mean, it's like, how do you put Rafa at 6,700? It's just crazy to me. Yeah, and then you got guys like, you know, a couple guys that are, you know, they're sketchy, but they're sketchy but still consistent, if that makes any sense. Like Bill Haas, he's not going to bomb it, but he's going to be, you know, pretty precise. That's who I was was just going to mention. He's also got that old man deal going, man. I mean, you know, just going to place it on the golf course. He's not going to wow you with his, you know, he's not going to overpower it, but. Yeah, he's really high on my model this week. Bill Haas is really high on my model this week. Yeah, I love I love Bill Haas. I've, I we've talked about him before. I think he's one of the best gas game plays all year, besides like Stuart Sink. He's always cheap. He very consistent. And then another guy that you rarely ever see this cheap. This one surprises me too. I know he's 
frustrating at times, but Jason Duffner at 6,600, the upside with him, that's a guy you can see at the top of the leaderboard easily. Well, he's also a great, 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 great ball striker. I mean, his tee to green game is immaculate. My issue with him is, you know, miscut, miscut his last two out. He, he did play the Scottish Open. He missed the cut. I mean, he missed it, by, I think, by one maybe. But by one. Either way, yeah. um, I mean, it's not, not – it wasn't that far off. Um, but he could be sneaking at 6,600 like we've talked about with pretty much everybody else, you know, worth a shot, you know, in a yeah. – in a in a you know GPP lineup, yeah, I definitely would. Yeah, my last guy in this range before we move on to the bottom bottom, which we'll probably get even more pissed off about. But um, like we mentioned, Tanahara as a guy people don't know. How does a top four, a top four, and a sixth sound out of Ryan Fox? His last three events at sixty six hundred dollars. Yeah, he's on fire. He's played really, 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 really well recently. We actually yeah. we've talked it's about tough. him as well. Um, yeah. I think we both had him on our teams last week. Yep. But either way, he's he's a really really good player. I think he might be more popular than what he deserves. So sure. I'll consider that going into it, and and you know might get on the fade train with him. But definitely hot as just about anybody in the world coming into this golf tournament. And was he at sixty six? Sixty six. He's got six straight made cuts. Worst out of those six is a twenty sixth. <laughs> and you get him for sixty six hundred. He knows these conditions, so that's pretty darn good. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I think he, I think he, I think he's a he's he's an Englishman too, so he's a local basically. Yeah. Um, so okay, take us to the rest of the field, sixty-five and below, which um, so far doesn't look as appalling, but there still is some value down here. You're not going to need to probably. Yeah. What are you, what are you um, saying? I, like you know, a guy like I was, I was on Alexander Bjork last week, and he made. Made the cut, finished thirty fifth. Um, another Euro Tour player who's at sixty four hundred. Uh, GPP would be a GPP only play, but you know he's thirty fifth, missed cut, third, missed cut, fifteenth. So if he's making the cut, he's typically making a run on the weekend to get inside the top, you know, top twenty, which at sixty four is absolutely insane. Another um, a Euro player slash, I guess, Asian Tour players. How Tong Lee would be another GPP play only, but he's going to be probably, you know, he's definitely going to be less than 2% owned in the Millie, maybe less than 1% owned. Um, and he hasn't missed a cut since uh, early, late April um, when they were playing in China. Um, so another guy that, that potentially could be slightly sneaky. Hard to believe. Billy Horschel is $6,400. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know that I'll roster Billy Horschel, but it's, it's the kind of range that you're in down here. This is, yeah, like you said, just gets you more more pissed off at DraftKings. I don't know what they were doing. But Stewart Sink, 6,300, past That's open championship win, winner. You know, I mean, he did play here in 08, missed the cut, but that was 2008. Um, he's been playing very, very well here recently. Did miss the cut at the, at the Scottish Open, but at 6,300, you know, another guy you can take a chance on. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut in here because you're getting close to my guy that almost propelled me into the top five last week in our little tournament. But since he fell apart on Sunday, didn't, and I hope that gets people off of him. But Andrew Dot at 6,300 bucks is playing some really good golf. He missed a cut three starts ago, but he's fourth at the Scottish, twentieth at the Irish. Um, he's made ten of thirteen cuts on the year. He plays full time on the Euro Tour. 
this is again, it, I, I keep emphasizing it, but there's a lot to be said about this. Um, yeah. $6,300 bucks for a guy that we saw last week ran up the leaderboard. If, and the thing is with these guys that know these courses, if they do get that random tee time where the conditions are good for even half the round, that could make or break winning an entire tournament. For sure. So, yeah, yeah for if, sure. If you, because that. that's what propelled him last week. He was in the opening rounds, I believe, and the conditions were great before the winds caught up, and he was five or six hundred. It yeah. was – you never know. So I'm looking at a guy like Dot, Sink, you cannot ignore if you want to go cheap. Um, an amazing punt if you want to get really weird. He's not having a great year, but he does know the conditions. So by no means am I saying go all in on this. He's missed two straight cuts. But um, a guy like Paul Lowry could be interesting just from past history, but I'm not saying go in on him. It's just way GPP. Honestly, I don't think you need to even go below 65 with the way the pricing is. I'd almost stay out of this. This is like the Masters where you got a lot of past old guys that are just like John Daly, Lehman. This is just kind of a different realm. But um, there's options if you want to get weird, but I wouldn't go too too low. I would agree with that. I, I would I would cut it at about sixty three. I mean, I definitely wouldn't go below 60, 63. I think there's a couple options at sixty three there that are rosterable. Like a guy like Alexander Levy, who um, has played in the past very well on the European Tour and has a win this year at the China Open, where he was ninety four hundred dollars. Um, I mean, last last week in a much weaker field, he was sixty seven hundred dollars. This week, he's sixty three hundred dollars. So a guy like Alex Le- Levy there, I mean, he could he could surprise some people because um, he's he's a full time Euro player. So yeah, I would cut it at about sixty three. I wouldn't. I mean, just looking at him, I don't think I'll go below sixty three. But then again, I may not even go below seven. It just it totally depends on the lineup and the actual uh, contest as well. Yeah, definitely. All right, that's a lot of people. To, to pay attention to, but it's it's an open field. It's a major, so you're getting a ton of you know top name guys, and the pricing is crazy. Like I said, when we first started at the top, I don't even know. I'll have a bunch of lines without even any five figure guys. You don't need to. Um, I know we've talked about it with some other guys. If you like your lineup, don't worry if there's money on the table. Don't right. worry about it. Yep. it, it you, like we said earlier, like the last what 10, 9, 10, 11 major winners are first timers, so those won't be in the top price range. There's a lot of different factors. Old guys do well here; they're not in the type. Pro- you never know what is going to happen. Most definitely, um, most definitely. So take take what you like and go with it. What are some of the lower owned guys you're targeting? Like, do you think will be low owned now? And obviously, people check out FanShare. We talked about them at the U.S. Open. Great, great site for targeting your ownership. Uh, so check that out. Yeah, it's you know it's super hard to predict right now, but you know a couple guys that we already mentioned, Weisberger, I think Stinson will go under owned. Um, Scott could be overlooked, and he's you know his tee to green is is so good that it could put him in contention this week. Um, so I mean those are few. I, I do think, and you know our 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 boy Bucks, uh, Big Bucks, no whammies at BP Snow Eleven. He was talking to me earlier today kind of about, you know, he, how he had already made a bunch of lineups and he wasn't really worried about ownership this week because of the way that they priced this out. And, you know, I tend to agree with that. It's not going to be like your ownership, especially in the below 7,000, doesn't matter. Like pretty much pick whoever you want to. It's going to be so spread out down there that unless you go with one of the really big names with a lot of tags, it's not going to matter. 
So the only the only place to really I think worry about ownership is when you're first starting your lineup. So if you're going to start it with, you know, Ricky, who's probably going to be super high owned, um, you're going to have to kind of get weird down below and change some things up and pick some lower lower owned guys. But if you go below seven, you should be fine. Um, but uh, you know, it, instead of uh, more than likely for me, instead of starting my lineup with Ricky, I'm going to start with like like you talked about Henrik or Adam Scott. Um, or even potentially Brooks, and just start different. Therefore, it ends up being different. But can't stress enough to leave money on the table. And if you like one lineup and you've got a bunch of money on the table, and you're like I can't do it, well, don't change that lineup. Just go back, copy it in, and then, and then spend all the money if you have to. If it just makes you feel better to spend all the money, do it that way. But make the two different lineups and run them both. That's what I mean. That's the way I always do. It. I just did that actually as I was sitting here waiting for us to get going. So, um, you know, it's – and ownership this week is going to be weird. It's it's going to be – it'll be fun to, to track and try to predict, but it, it'll, it'll be weird. <laughs> yeah, it'll be really weird. And um, one thing I would say, you can do the the higher tournaments, like not your $4, maybe not even a millionaire because of all the entries. But I'd say once you get like even the three max ones or your singles – or you get to the 333 and above tourneys, a little chalkier is not going to kill you. Right. Let me just put it that way. That, like, people think they got to get really weird up there. You don't because it's a right. lot fewer people involved, and it's even more important that you get to the cut and you get those big guys. So right. it's a different atmosphere. So try to you got to take a different mindset because I know a lot of guys still think, oh, you know, we got to be really, really different. Well, no, you're not facing 70,000 people. You're facing like 3,000. That's a big difference. In the melee with 133,000, you gotta be, you gotta have like two guys who nobody, almost nobody else is on, and they come out of nowhere and they top ten. If you want to win a million dollars, and that's why it's a lotto. Like it's there's legitimately you have about the same as going and picking up a lottery ticket and scratching it off and winning money. Um, but in cash games, in smaller contests, and one thing that I've been doing, and I talk about this all the time, my article is just going more with my main lineup as a cash lineup. And I've actually jumped up quite a bit in the junkie standings, just, just concentrating on that. I, I messed up really bad last week, but either way, like just doing that um, and then putting that in a bunch of small GPPs, you know, in the 10 man GPPs and the 20 man GPPs and concentrating a lot in, in those, in those areas, you know, you can actually win a lot of money, and you don't necessarily have to have the winner. And that's obviously the hardest thing to predict is who's, who's going to win. You know, I don't know. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Ask, uh, ask a few guys we talk about all the time. If, if, you, pick them, if you pick them all, you'll win. Um, last on this topic here, what are some of the must-own guys? You're like your core. I don't want you to give away everything. That's pretty obvious. But, like, what are some of the core of the three, four guys you're looking at? Well, I mean, you know, when, when I do the article tomorrow, you'll be able to tell because I, I usually try to list them in the order that I like them versus the salary or whatever. But um, I won't be really high on Paul Casey, really high on Sergio Garcia. We talked about that earlier, but I, I really, really like those guys, um, especially as pivots off of maybe a more chalky Ricky Fowler. Um, and then so, some of the kind of lower guys that I'm going to be on, I'm going to stay on Weisberger this week. I think he's got a really good chance uh, to contend um, here. And, and then also to, like you talked about Snedeker, I really like Sneds. Um, so, and then Kucher. Kucher's probably the last 
of that bunch there. Like I said, I may not go below seven, yeah. maybe six nine hundred. Because I do like Stricker a lot this week as well. Yeah, you don't have to go too low. And if Kucher doesn't make the cut, I'm probably not going to make any money this week. I am so big on him, especially that price tag. <laughs> I don't. He, he's one of those guys. I don't care if he's chalky. Just make the cut, and I'll build around it. I'll get different elsewhere. That's yeah. just one. I really, really like the way he's playing this course. Everything about Kucher, I'm a big fan of. Um, let's get into some quick predictions here. You kind of mentioned it like Weisberger and a couple other guys. What if you had to pick one like out of nowhere guy to not necessarily win, but make a hell of a run and really be important on a winning team? Who are you looking at? Who stays in? Uh, yeah, he's been kind of quiet. He's been kind of quiet, and he just tends to come out of nowhere and and just uh, play really well in top ten. So. I'm going to have quite a bit of who stays in. He's that kind of dark horse for me this week. And it's a lot shorter flight to get the proper mattress, so he should be okay. <laughs> should, should okay. He's um, never going to win that, is he? Ever. No, he's never going to. That's just that's like as diva as you can get on, on <laughs> Um, It's like wide receiver stuff. All right. Um, if we had to – let's just say not Rory because that's kind of when we're all unanimous on and he's, he's probably going to win it now after everything we've said. Um, yeah. Out of all the five figures and above, which one's going to be the one that's going to disappoint everybody? You talking about in the 10,000 range? Yeah, 10,000 and above. Uh, I would say John Rom because I, I think that a lot of people are going to be on Rom, And I think that he's going to be the guy who is the – Highest owned above 10,000, maybe right with Sergio. I think they'll be pretty close. Uh, but either way, I think he's going to have a another U.S. Open style meltdown. Um, so that, that's what I would say. I would say of, the, of those guys up there that uh, that are above 10 in the 5K or the five-digit range, yeah, I'd go with wrong. Um, yeah, that's my guy just because he's so extremely talented – but if one thing starts to go wrong, it'll unravel so fast. It's yeah. just ugly. All right. Who is your champion? Hey, dude, I've thought long and hard about this, and I have to go and back my dude again, Paul Casey. It's not bad. Who are you on? Uh, that's what I'm trying to look up the odds. I have the odds right in front of me now. Your Casey, if these odds are accurate, who knows if they change, is 33 to 1. I like that. Um, I'm not going to try to go super, you know, I still have a soft spot from Sergio after I think he's super talented. But if I had to pick one, even just odds-wise for a gamble, because, you know, that's what we do, Kuchar's 50 to 1. You might find him even better somewhere else. I think there's a lot to that. He just doesn't finish, but there's so much to like about Kuchar. I like that a lot. I give on that, but I like your Casey call. Stenson's even twenty-five to one. I think he's got a great shot of of showing up. Um, just kind of spitballing some other odds that I think are decent. Usti's forty to one. That's intriguing. And then if you sneak down, you can get Burger and Sneds at seventy-five. Yeah, Burger. I, I really like Burger. I mean, I, you know. He's been he's been playing lights out recently, and then like we talked about, Sneds, Mutter, seventy five to one. You know, if I if I bet single golf like that, you know, that's what I'd be kind of dipping my toes in versus the guys who were a hundred to one and really have no chance. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, I don't bet single golf either, but the last thing I'll mention on this is, I like most people that play DFS golf, you probably listen or have heard of Pat Mayo. Um, he does his weekly picks piece with Cam, who I'm sorry if anybody passes this on and offends him, is annoying as hell. But um, they talked about it this week very nicely that uh, those 101 guys, you can give them like top 20 odds at like 20 to 1. And you could see a lot of those guys pulling that off even. I have no problem with that. Money's money to me. That's fine. Yeah, right. So that's intriguing. But, yeah, that's it for the British Open or the Open Championship at Royal Birkdale. Lots to enjoy there. One last thing, Jesse. The next major, the fourth major of the year, is the PGA Championship, August 10th through 13th. Our good buddy Kevin used to work as a uh, (laughs) PGA pro at this course. Quail Hollow. It used to be the Wells Fargo. They shut it down. They redid it. He says amazing things about the remodel. Um, it's coming up real quick, actually. Any early thoughts there? Because I know we'll meet again and break it all down. No, I just hope that, that Kevin can come on. I mean, we're going to have to try to figure out a time for him to be there because he's. I think he's just played it twice in the last couple of weeks or the last month or two. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's going to be really fun. That's a really, really good golf course. So I'm really excited about that PGA Championship. Yep, it's a beautiful course. Well, as always, Jesse, thanks. Um, it was good times. We'll try to set up a, a time next week for a little recap like we always do and talk some more golf. But uh, until then, thanks again, man. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Remember, guys, check him out on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. He has his weekly article out on thesportsdgens.com. Always really good stuff. His What's your percentage now on cut makers? Uh, we're at 74% on cuts made, 72%, excuse me, 72% cuts made, 34% having the winner uh, on the PGA Tour season. And that's even with a trash, 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 trash week last week. So we're still that's, hanging in there. That's outstanding, folks. Check it out. It's free. Check it out. Um, but again, thanks, Jesse. You can check me on Twitter at BDNTrick. Everybody enjoy. This is Banks with Bubba, episode 45. A lot of fun golf. Get your coffee ready. It's early in the morning or late at night. Depends on how you do things. Um, British Open. Catch you guys later. Life's better with an auto policy from American Family Insurance. No matter what dreams you're driving towards. That's because our expert agents will make you feel totally protected with the right auto coverage at the right price. You'll also save up to 23% when you bundle auto with home. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.